0: A tremendous Thursday to each of you and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. An unexpected and a bit of a disappointing loss to the Portland Trailblazers last night by the Memphis Grizzlies, but plenty of positives as John Morant and Desmond Bain both make both personal and franchise history. Plus, where the Grizzlies are pacing the league in a plethora of places. I know you love the alliteration heading into the All-Star break and how Brandon Clark Is absolutely once again emerged as one of the best bench pieces in the NBA. That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hey, here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, one and all, to the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast again. My name is Sean Cohen Hope. Wherever you are, and wherever you're listening, you're having a wonderful start. To your day. Obviously, we can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies a part of your Thursday. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at Stats SAC on Twitter. Credential Media member with the Grizzlies have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. Of course, I want to remind you you can find the show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter. Again, you can find the podcast free on all platforms Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. The Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we'll be. And right here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know that you enjoyed the show. Let's others be able to find the show. Hit those comments below as well. Let us know what you think of the content of the show. We're always wanting to deliver content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. And also want to remind you. Despite the fact that you should always make Locked Grizzlies your first listed of the day, check out rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. So the Memphis Grizzlies have now completed the first half of the season. I've always been amazed at the fact that, you know, this is the first regular season that we've had now in three years, the first normal season in an 82-game season. That We've had since the 1819 season, but it always amazes me that they call it the first half of the season when basically 75% of the season is done. I guess it's just a pet peeve. But the Grizzlies have now completed 60 games of their campaign and what has absolutely been a special campaign, arguably the most impressive in terms of where they were expected to be versus where they are the arguably the most impressive campaign we have seen the Grizzlies have potentially in franchise history and in the NBA this season. We'll get into just how you know impressive the Grizzlies have been compared to the rest of the league in the second segment. But last night, the Grizzlies come into the second night of a back-to-back. John Morant does play. And it the Grizzlies had it set up to where, you know, they were facing a Portland Trailblazers team who, on paper, especially after some trades that Portland had made, on paper, the Grizzlies appeared to be the better team, right? They seem to be the team that should have won the game, especially with the fact that Ja Morant was going to be available to play. Well, unfortunately... A lack of energy early, some defensive lapses as of late, it just did not allow for the Grizzlies to be able to get what they needed to get done in order to win the game. The Grizzlies used 123 to 119, and it's pretty amazing, despite the fact that the Grizzlies had 42 free throw attempts. They made 34 of them, which was quite impressive, considering how much the Grizzlies had struggled being able to shoot free throws. Um, you know, here is of late. But the Grizzlies, they were 11 of 30 from three, so a decent night shooting to three. At the end of the day, what really hurt the Grizzlies was the fact, again, they could not get stops. They did not have the same energy starting out this game that they've had, you know, obviously in all their other February games where they had been undefeated, I believe 6-0 and coming into last night's game. But the other key thing was this, as I had mentioned on Locked On Grizzlies on yesterday's show, Portland, Came into tonight's game over the past two games, the past two nights, the Grizzlies coming into that respective game, coming into Tuesday night, the Grizzlies faced the number one offensive, they they faced the number one team in limiting offensive rebounds at the time in New Orleans. But because the Grizzlies did so well against New Orleans on the offensive boards, coming into Wednesday night, it was Portland that then was the best team in the league at limiting offensive rebounds. And last night, that's where the Grizzlies were limited. Only 10 offensive rebounds. The Grizzlies were not able to get that possession advantage. And though they did have the free throw advantage, Portland was able to shoot over 40% from three, over 50% from the field. Anthony Simons, uh, Joseph, Jer- Joseph Durkic, both of them had very good games. Portland was just simply the more consistent offensive team. And that's what allowed for them to win the game. Again, when you look at the players themselves, Portland had over four players. They had four players who scored in the 20s. The Grizzlies only had two players that score in the 20s. So that also, the overall depth of scoring opportunity was in Portland's favor as well. Again, in a game where there just wasn't a lot of defense and there was too many fouls called, to be honest, Portland's offense was simply more consistent and that's what won them the game. But let's not think that there's too little positives. In this game, there's actually plenty of positives, especially when it comes to while the rest of the team overall did not perform that well. They did not shoot that well at all. It should be noted that both John Morant and Desmond Bain, individually and combined, actually performed very well. 44 points for John Morant. His sixth 40-point game in franchise history that literally, if my calculations are correct now, he literally himself is responsible for a third of the overall times that a Grizzlies player has scored 40 or more points in the 27 years of existence of this franchise. That's how impressive it's been in his fourth 40-point game this season. Again, Jackson Frank on Twitter, uh, he mentioned this stat that was It's just amazing to see. Coming into this game, John Morant, I believe, had... 10 games in which he had scored 30 or more points in his first two seasons, and then last night he had his 20th game in less than 50 overall games in which he scored 30 or more points in a game this season. Basically, John Morant in a little under half his games is scoring 30 or more points, and he continues to show that overall he is a top 10 scorer in this league. Plus, you look at the fact that now John Morant joined some exclusive company in that, in terms of players that have had 35 plus points and 10 plus assists in the same game five or more times before turning the age of 23, Ja again joins some exclusive company: Luca, Trey, Oscar Robertson, uh, Stephon Marbury, LeBron James, Isaiah Thomas, and John ja Morant. Those are the only players to do that. But it wasn't just John ja Morant; it obviously was Desmond Bain as well. A career high seven threes, only the sixth Grizzlies player. To ever have 30-plus points and seven or more threes in a game. And combined, combined, John Morant with 44, Desmond Bain with 30 points, that is the most points scored by a Grizzlies duo in franchise history, beating Mike Conley and Jaron Jackson Jr. from November 30th, 2018, by one point. So the big takeaway from this game is, yes, the defense, yes, the energy were a bit lacking. But overall... This Grizzlies team was able to show once again, or excuse me, the backcourt of the Grizzlies, but John Brandt and Desmond Bain, they keep shifting that standard forward. They keep raising that ceiling up, both individually and as a pair. And with All-Star Weekend now on the horizon, there was not a better way for this duo to show that not only are they one of the best in terms of their respective strengths, jaw-scoring, Dez shooting, but they're one of the best backcourts in the NBA, and they have the opportunity to put an exclamation point on that this weekend with Dez and the Rising Stars in three-point challenge, as well as John Morant being a starter in the All-Star game. But despite the loss, the Grizzlies are 41-19 and now in the season, third-best record in The NBA, But how exactly are they doing it? We have an idea, but just want to go in depth on how impressive it is that they're winning games consistently the way that they are. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do, listen, obviously, there's going to be a lot of fun things to bet on coming up this weekend. So many props when it comes to All-Star Weekend. And if you enjoy wagering and betting on sports, football may be over. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college sports. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and USC odds right to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline where the game starts. Can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. And it's going to be exciting coming up to this weekend on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. We're going to go in depth. Where exactly does Desmond Bain as a shooter rank in the NBA? It may surprise you just how valid of a claim that it is that Desmond Bain is a top 10 shooter in the NBA. And then on a special Saturday episode, of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, all about John Morant, the second time a Grizzlies player has started in the All-Star game, but John Morant truly showing that he's a deserving top 10 MVP candidate. He truly is in the running for a first-team All-NBA candidate, and in my opinion, he's clearly among the the best 10 players in the league right now. All that coming up on the next few days when it comes to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Make sure you tune in here. So obviously, we know the secret to the Grizzlies' success, right? We know that the secret to the Grizzlies' success is winning games through the paint, through hustle, and through opportunistic defense. We know that the Grizzlies, at a better elevated version of themselves than that, is them also being able to limit teams from three. But it is so impressive Just how committed and how consistent this Grizzlies team is to their cause. How committed they are, how consistent they are at going to the same wells of success and dipping into them to get wins. Right now, going into the All-Star break, the Grizzlies lead the NBA in overall field goal attempts per game. They lead the NBA in total rebounds, lead the NBA in offensive rebounds, lead the NBA in um in blocks, lead the NBA in uh steals, are seventh in the NBA in assists per game, and are fifth of the NBA in turnovers, uh in turnovers created per game. That's how good the Grizzlies are at their calls, at doing what exactly they need to do to win games. They're going to win through hustle, they're going to win in the paint, and they're going to win through creating turnovers. They are going to find whatever avenue they need to, to typically get a significant possession advantage out to you, if if that's the way you want to put it, if they struggle from three and be able to get the job done. So we know that's what the Grizzlies are good at, but it's very impressive when you look at just how consistent they are, when you look at the fact that we're not talking about them being in the top 10 of all these categories, we're talking about them being the best team in the league in these categories. And we know that this is how the Grizzlies can win basketball. And I've talked before, I did, I've I've done, um, you know, I've wrote over about it over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've talked about it multiple times this month. This strategy, these sources of success, that the Grizzlies are having right now, it may not necessarily translate to success in the postseason. But the thing that stands out is, is that the Grizzlies are so good and consistent at doing these things that it at least can be successful for stretches at times in the postseason. Obviously, the big keep of the Grizzlies is going to be their ability to shoot the three. Right now, the Grizzlies, through the 60 games into the season. They are 23rd right now in three-point field goal percentage and 26 when it comes to three-pointers made per game. The Grizzlies, for them to be able to have success in the postseason, if they're going to play their style of basketball, which again is through hustle, through paint, through opportunistic defense, they're going to have to both shoot the three well and defend the three well. And when I say well, I want it to be understood. What I mean by well is them at least doing both at league average. As I had mentioned in the month of February, the Grizzlies coming into last night's game were 17th in the league when it came to three-point field goal percentage, but also were 6th in the league when it came to defending the three. If the Grizzlies could be at least league average shooting the three while also being above average at defending the three, Plus, playing at a league-best pace when it comes to in the hustle, in the paint, and creating turnovers, that is a remedy that could be successful in the playoffs. But Memphis must find the consistency when it comes to its perimeter play to support how good it is in its areas of strength. Now, getting Dylan Brooks back certainly will help. Having Jared Jackson Jr., DeAnthony Melton, and others continue to be at least somewhat productive from three will certainly help. Desmond Bain, shooting like a top 10 shooter in the league, that will certainly help. The Grizzlies are perfectly capable of doing what needs to be done. But the foundation has been laid again. As I mentioned when it came to the Grizzlies standing pat at the trade deadline, this team has shifted. From a team that you hope will figure out how to win during the regular season, they have shifted over the past two months from a team that you hope will figure will win in the regular season to a team that knows they know how to win in the regular season. This Grizzlies core, and it's going to be the same moving forward with Jaw Jaron and Desmond Bain and whoever will be still here supporting them, hopefully with an upgrade or two along the way. This team now knows they know how to win in the regular season. They're going to be able to create more two-point opportunities than most, of, than most of the teams on any given night. And they know also that moves are likely going to be made for this team to shoot the three con- more consistently Well, That may not have made grammatical sense, but you get my point. So what is to take away from the fact that the Grizzlies have been so dominant in as many areas as I mentioned, again, leading the league in field goal, uh, field goal attempts per game, Offensive rebounds, total rebounds, steals, blocks. On both ends of the court, activity, pace, consistency, energy, that is what defines this team. It defined them last year in a bit of a different way, but it defines them this year once again. This team, based off its activity and its energy and its effort, it's going to do what it needs to do to have success in the postseason. We just need to now see that if it can get its ability to shoot the three as well as defend the three, plus hit free throws to match, or not to match, but to at least complement what they do so well, it can lead to playoff success. But it's just so impressive how the Grizzlies have been able to get to the top of the league in the things that they do well. I mean, really consider it, right? John Morant's the best paint scorer in the NBA. Steven Adams is the best offensive rebounder in the NBA. Jared Jackson Jr. is the best in the NBA right now when it comes to blocking shots. The team overall is the best when it comes to creating steals with so many players who can create steals on the floor. It's not just that the team itself is best in the NBA at certain things. It's the fact that they legitimately have three or four players who are the best in the NBA at one respective thing. So that's what stands out. It's not just that the Grizzlies have fully committed and are very consistent at being the best in the NBA at what they need to be to win games. And it's not just the fact that they're doing it to a level to where it actually can be successful in the playoffs if they could be league average shooting the three and above average defending the three. But what stands out is that this is no fluke. This is no collective effort or excuse me, it is a collective effort, but them doing this is not because it's just a, it, you've got a bunch of players who, who are doing above average. You literally have multiple players who are the best in the NBA at what they do the best. And the fact that they're consistently doing what they do the best to the best of their ability is what's making the difference. And that can lead to playoff success, even if you may not think that it will. Again, they're going to have to shoot the three, they're going to have to defend the three, they're going to have to pass the ball well, and they're going to have to shoot free throws. Those four aspects are going to be of more importance in the playoffs, so the Grizzlies are going to have to do those things better than they have at times this season. But the Grizzlies have a, bit, have a more solid foundation in what they do well than a lot of other teams do. And a big reason why is because they have multiple players that are the best in the NBA at what they do. And so those layers, from the team being the best in the NBA at what it does well, to the individual players being the best in the NBA at what they do well, that is a big reason why the Grizzlies have been consistently winning. Even if it's a surprise to many, even if some may not consider them a true contender. Again, I'm not necessarily there yet. But just because I may not consider them a true contender yet doesn't mean That there is plenty of areas where the Grizzlies are showing they are the best in the NBA at what they do, That you have to respect the fact that their winning is certainly valid. That there is plenty of evidence, plenty of layers, both in the team perspective and individually, that support just how damn good this team is. And again, if it can improve in key aspects, as it has in the month of February, that can make them even more dangerous to achieve their goal of advancing in the playoffs. But we talk about Jaron, we talk about Ja, we talk about Steven Adams, Desmond Bain, and rightfully so. The return of Dylan Brooks, but what about the return of Brandon Clark? Yes, he's been, he's been a bit injured this year. Yes, he has been playing, but he has been playing 75% of the games. But when I talk about the return of Brandon Clark, I'm talking about an enhanced version of who he was in the, as a rookie truly becoming. One of the best bench pieces and one of the most advantageous reserves in the NBA. I'll discuss in just a moment. But before, I do want to talk with you about the title sponsor of our show today, rockauto.com. Listen, I talk about all these different parts of the Grizzlies that are the best in the NBA at what they do, but you want them performing the best at all times so the teams can do that as well. Well, that applies to your car as well. You want your parts performing at the best, so your car can perform at its best, and sometimes that's hard to do. So if you need an upgrade, you go to RockAuto.com. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll likely find what you need, regardless of the make and model, regardless of the the, the part it's or the car or the part that you're looking for. And RockAuto.com has been in business for over 20 years. They're a family-owned business. They know when it comes to car parts, sometimes things fall things fall out of budget. They try to make things as economically friendly as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the car parts you'll ever need, visit rockauto.com today. Of course, the first half of the season, at least for the Grizzlies, is over. But that does not mean we are still on the grind here every single day when it comes to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. As I mentioned, tomorrow and Saturday looking at just how special of a shooter Desmond Bain has been this year and just how special of a player Jaw has been on Saturday. Plus, next week, plenty of reaction to All-Star Weekend and getting you geared up for the second half of the season. That and much more over the next week. Even though there's not going to be games, there's going to be plenty of content and action here at Locked On Grizzlies. Make it your first listen of the day. And make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. All the latest reactions from all the local experts. Sure, there may not be NBA games going on over the next week or so, but you'll get plenty of live reaction when it comes to All-Star Weekend from across the Locked On NBA podcast network. Check it all out as your second listen of the day after you make Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. So Brandon Clark last night, just an absolutely, again, unbelievable show right and so the thing is is that over the past two nights when it comes to Brandon Clark i feel like we've gotten the full scope of just how impactful he can be listen when it was when we were in his rookie year the thing that stood out about brandon clark was his efficiency right was the ability for him to be able to hit shots at an at an incredible rate arguably the most efficient rookie we have ever seen in terms of scoring in nba history but if he didn't score, was he able to keep the same impact? It was hard to see, right? Well, the thing that stands out about that is this, is that over the past two nights, you've seen that Brandon Clark is back to who he was as a rookie. Eight for nine on Tuesday night, only six of 14 last night, but still 12 points. But the key is this, is on Tuesday night when he had 18 points and nine boards, it was the scoring impact that made Brandon Clark so special. Last night, the scoring helped, but it was the activity that made Clark so special. 12 points, 10 rebounds, two steals, two blocks off the bench. That's where Brandon Clark has made the jump in terms of his productivity. He's the same efficient scorer now that he was his rookie year. Consider this per 100 possessions. Brandon Clark scored 25.1 points per 100 possessions his rookie year. This year, 26.3. But his true shooting percentage his rookie year was 66.3%. This year, 66.9%. So he's right in line scoring now as he did his rookie year, which in and of itself is so valuable. But now consider this. His rookie season, Brandon Clark had a 14 total rebounding percentage rate 15 this year. His assist percentage in his first two seasons in the NBA was at 9.5%. This year, it's at 11.3. His steal percentage is up from his rookie year, a bit down from his sophomore year, but his block percentage has gone from 3.2% his first two seasons in the league to 5% this season. His turnover percentage has dropped from 9.4% his rookie season to 6.1% this season. So the key about Brandon Clark is you're getting the same scoring output that arguably made him the second best rookie in his class behind Jaw, but also made him historically good when it came to scoring efficiency. But besides us saying, well, Brandon Clark is back to be in the rookie form of himself, that's fine. That should be a compliment. But I think it also is a bit limited because I don't think we're acknowledging the strides that he has made, the fact that he is. A improved player in his third year versus his rookie year. Because when you consider the fact that Brandon Clark is 34th in minutes among reserves so far this season, it becomes even more impressive when you consider he's 16th in total points, second overall in field goal percentage, and tied for the lead in blocks among all reserves in the NBA. Brandon Clark truly is one of the most well-rounded, advantageous bench players in the league. You can make an argument that he is one of the five most impactful reserves in the NBA this year. He's not going to be in the running for um, sixth man of the year. He just does not have the quantity of points or minutes because of the games that he's missed. It's going to be hard to really consider him a sixth man of the year candidate. But do not, in any way, shape, or form, mistake 6 man of the year running for being the way to truly measure how impactful a bench player he is. There are not five players in the NBA. There are not five bench players in the NBA right now who are making more impact than Brandon Clark. And the consistency at which he's doing it is truly impressive. And so obviously I know that the trade deadline has passed and, and we've got plenty of decisions to make. This upcoming offseason, when it comes to Tyus, when it comes to Colin Anderson, you've got Dylan Brooks getting into the, the final year of his contract. But Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark will also be in the final year of his contract. We're going to extend job, right? We're going to extend job, give him this the max. We're that. That's, that's without question, as it should be. But Brandon Clark is truly showing his value. And another thing I'll acknowledge is I get he's not showing it so much as a starter. He's not showing that progression of being productive as a starter, as we had hoped. However, Brandon Clark's effectiveness with um, Jared Jackson Jr., his effectiveness with John Morant, it's at least showing that he is a capable person for the Grizzlies to use in their high leverage and closing lineups at times when they need to, and that certainly also within and of itself is valuable. So when we talk about Brandon Clark, it is a compliment and it is a correct statement to say, hey, he's back at his rookie scoring levels and that truly is impressive. But I think that that falls significantly short of just how impactful Brandon Clark is right now because of the overall improvement in his effectiveness outside of scoring, the consistency of his value outside of scoring that he's adding to complement his scoring but also the fact that he truly is one of the most five impactful bench players in the NBA this season. And it's been so much to watch his progression. So much fun. Confidence has never waned in Brandon Clark. Last year, it was lack of opportunity when healthy. This year, he's taken full advantage of his opportunity when he's healthy. And in my opinion, he truly has gotten himself back into the long-term plans for the Grizzlies. Now, that may still be his most valuable version of that, May still be a move beyond the Grizzlies in the summer. We'll talk about that plenty, obviously, when we get there. But for right now, Brandon Clark is back to not only being one of the most advantageous bench pieces in the NBA, but one of the most advantageous players in the NBA when he's on the court and the Grizzlies are doing the best that they can and doing it in the right way take full advantage of it can't thank you enough for checking us out here at locked on grizzlies enjoy the break we'll have plenty more for you when it comes to the all-star festivities this weekend coming up on the next few editions of the locked on grizzlies podcast we'll talk to you then